Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 6, Episode 19. The title is Letting Go, um, and the German title is A Minister Grown Up. Uh, Our IMDb user synopsis is... The Camden home is surprised, especially Eric, by the arrival of Mary with her lover Ben, his brother cop Kevin, now Lucy's, and her new job as flight attendant, which enabled their cheap flights. Still obsessed with Matt's secret, hopefully marriage, which Robbie and Ruthie hope keep, Eric neglects his counseling appointment with the elderly Tallridges couple about their adult son Jerry's sudden moving out, yet just that will inspire him. So, wait, before we get into the episode and the first impressions, Jessica Biel was nominated for a Golden Globe and Camden Cast, or at least I would like to extend the congratulations to her on the nomination. I want to congratulate her, too. She's obviously going to come on the show because we've congratulated her and she listens to us. Please come on the show, Jessica Biel. Please, we beg you. Anyway, what was your first impression of episode 619, Letting Go? Um, I thought once, once it, like, once it, like, got going, yeah, once it registered in my head what was actually going on and why it was called Letting Go and what the theme of the episode was, I thought it was, like, cute. Um, I didn't, I don't know, there's something about, maybe I'm just noticing the acting more recently, but I feel like, or, like, maybe the banter isn't quite as good as it used to be. Or there's some awkwardness going on between the actors or something because like I feel like everything's such like flat delivery. Like there's a bunch of scenes with a lot of people talking to each other at once. Like that one scene with Patty, Mary, Kevin, Ben, Mary, Lucy, all together and they're all talking. It just feels like people are reading their scripts and not acting. Right. And I think that's a lot of Seventh Heaven though. Yeah. I mean, but like usually I feel like you can get away with not. You know, I feel like with a couple of people in a scene you can get away with better acting but this one i don't know it's a bit it like takes you out of the actual action and the actual like emotion of the scene and stuff which is a bit annoying also like i didn't i what i'm patty mary (laughs) patty (laughs) Patty mary okay um i don't know it was a i think like the episode came together well i was just i guess i'm being a bit nitpicky about the acting okay well Let's get in the cold open, which was very long. Oh, very long. So we have Lucy in the kitchen, and uh, the phone rings, and it's Mary. Um, apparently Mary has been dodging phone calls from the Rev and Annie. Remember, we left off the episode, the last episode, with her like staying in Buffalo for her new flight attendant job. And uh, Mary is like, guess who I have with me? And uh, Lucy like isn't able to guess until... Mary come walks through the door, um, and she has with her Ben and Kevin Kinkirk, the brothers. Uh, two things to note in this uh, specific scene is one: Mary has a cell phone now, and well, two, she needs it. She's on the go. She's a woman on the go, yeah. and two. She's a working woman on the go. And Kevin calls Lucy sweetie. Um, and while the brothers and sisters are reuniting with each other, which is mostly just making out in the kitchen, the Rev comes down with a baseball bat because he thinks it's a home intrusion. Yes, because Lucy screamed when everybody entered. So um, the Rev, for some weird reason, is like weirdly jealous of Kevin and Ben because Annie wakes up and she comes down and she starts making them sandwiches and she's so excited to see everyone. 
Um, and I think we're supposed to gather maybe the Rev is a little bit upset that Mary hasn't been returning the family's yep. calls. Mm-hmm. But similarly, um, or not at all similarly, um, he's just like weirdly jealous of Kevin and Ben. Um, and he, he doesn't even really know them. So while Annie is really enthusiastic about their revival, uh, Rev decides to go back to bed. He then stops at Simon's room where he gives this little speech about to a sleeping Simon about what happened downstairs. Then decides to give the same speech to Matt and Robbie in their room, but then he notices that Matt isn't there. Because he can't stop having sex. Which is what, you know... We're supposed to... Assume. Yeah. And that, I think, finally him walking away from the not-occupied bed of Matt's is the end of the cold open. Yes. So we will get into... This feels like the main storyline, the Mary Lucy storyline. Um, so I think the main storyline is probably like the Revs one, but we're gonna focus on this one. Well, this one I feel like took up the most screen time. Also had uh, the most people in it. That's why, probably why. Yes. So we start with uh, Temptation Island in the Love Den. Um, if you guys remember, I think that was like a Fox show, right? Where like I have no idea. I've never heard of it. Oh, it's it was it was a very short-lived Fox show. I think like in the time of like Survivor, like the beginning times of Survivor. I think like around like when The Bachelor first premiered and it was stuff. Was a was a Fox show. Yeah, where like I think it was like it was on for three seasons. It was. I think it was basically just like singles on an island trying not to have sex, but yep. having sex. In order to test the. Oh, it's couples. Oh, couples. Couples went on to live with a group of singles oh. to test the strength of their relationships. That makes more sense. Well, anyway, Ruthie called the Love Den a temptation island because, uh, as she described it, um, Mary, Lucy, Ben, and Kevin were all sleeping there. So on the floor. But that's not really the case. Uh, <laughs> Mary and Lucy are cuddling on the couch. It's very cute. It's very cute. And uh, Ben and Kevin are lying on the floor like the trash they are. <laughs> um, so when they wake, a lot of like we have them in the background a lot. Like uh, When they wake up, they go and kind of distract the Rev from yelling at Matt for staying out all night because the Rev is pre like Matt kind of uses them as, like, a red herring. He's like, oh, well, they stayed overnight. Like, you have no problem with your daughters um, staying overnight in the house with, like, men. Um, And then I think the next big thing is the phone rings. I think before that is uh, they're just looking at the yearbooks, and we see, you know, old school Mary before she lost her mind. Uh, When she was a totally different character. Yes, exactly. And Ruthie is preoccupied throughout this episode and in an effort, both most one, because she's like keeping a lot of secrets and two, because she's kind of resentful of Mary and Lucy at this moment, starts like saying, giving away secrets of theirs to Ben and uh, Kevin. Well, like Ben says like, oh, you didn't tell me you played basketball. And Ruthie's like, hmm, I wonder why that is. And then, um, somehow it comes up. They're like, oh, did, you know, has anyone else been arrested in your family? And uh, Ruthie gives it up that that Jimmy Moon was arrested for using marijuana. So, like, I guess these are supposed to be scandalous secrets, um, but they really aren't because it's Seventh Heaven. Uh, We would also like to mention that at some point here we learn the the Kevin's age. So I so my initial my initial like thought was that Ben was the oldest, Kevin was and the Kevin was the youngest, but that's not the case. Uh, Kevin is twenty five. 
and he's dating Lucy, who is... 19, give her... T- yeah, yeah, like 19. 19. I feel like she may be in her... Like, she may have just turned 20 or is about to turn 20. But, she, yeah, she's definitely 19. And uh, Ben is younger, and he's 23. And I think Mary's supposed to be 20, right? Right. So, I mean, I think the Ben-Mary dynamic is fine, but it's kind of weird, the Kevin-Lucy one. But I'm not surprised he couldn't get anyone his own age to date him. Yeah. Like when you get to, when you get to know him better, it's not it's not shocking that he's going after a nineteen year old. Uh, this is when the phone rings, as Aaron says, or around the time the phone rings starts ringing, and Simon picks up, and it is a woman, and she's looking for Kevin. So it's like suspense. Who is this woman? And her name is Patty Mary, and don't you forget it. Both parts, Patty and Mary, um, because they won't let you forget it. Uh, so they. So Simon gives the phone to Kevin. Um, they're like, who is it? He says, Patty Mary. And Lucy and Mary look at each other and they're like, oh, shit. He's talk- He's got other bitches calling him. Um, and I did not mean that in a derogative way. No, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're like, oh, it's our sister. So we learn there is a third Kinkirk who we presume is the youngest because she says she's in college. So um, she's if she's like the way normal, if she went straight from high school to college. She's probably, like, 18 through 21. So we learn that there's some sort of, mis- like, a lot of miscommunication or lack of communication between the con- Kinkirks and the Camdens because Lucy seems to know that Patty Mary goes to college in San Francisco where Mary doesn't even know that Perry- Patty Mary existed. Uh, and that's what's happening here. So uh, Patty Mary flew in from San Francisco to Glen Oak. For, for a kind of absurd reason. Yes. Because... So apparently it seems like we get the impression that Ben and Kevin live in Buffalo with their mother and that Ben and Kevin are like the primary caretakers of their mother, although their mother probably isn't that old. No, she's not. Um, And Patty Mary's like, Mom wants you home. You need to go home right now to help Mom because she need like, she's like, you have to help Mom. And they're like, what does she need help with? And we learn that their mother is now dating, like is dating someone and all of the siblings are uncomfortable with that. So they're like, oh, Ben and Kevin, you have to go back to Buffalo to prevent our grown-ass mother, our yeah. <laughs> widow, we're like widowed mother from dating. Um, this brings out a bunch of other things. First, they're trying to like say that their mother is widowed and frightened, which I thought was a nice turn of phrase. Uh, but also that... Ben t- did not tell his mother that they were go- they were coming to Buffalo to see Mary. And Kevin... Oh, sorry. What did I say? Um, Buffalo? Buffalo, yeah. I, I bet. That they left Buffalo to come to Glen Oak to see Mary. And that and Kevin hasn't even told his mother about Lucy's existence. So we find out that Ben is a bit hesitant because there's rumors going around Buffalo. Now, I'm not familiar that well with Buffalo, but Buffalo's pretty big. So I don't yeah, know it's how, a major city. I don't know how the entire city could have gossip about Mary Camden, but apparently <laughs> uh, people know about her arrest and the fact that she, yeah, that she was in jail for a hot second, even though her records are sealed. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Or if that's ever Maybe the get... colonel was like, and the family were so shamed in Buffalo, and the colonel is of great renown in Buffalo, so. Oh, I guess so. Like, they heard it. Like, they wanted to... St- oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes more sense. I don't know. I just made that... Like, it's... <laughs> no, it still doesn't make sense. It's like... Being, Buffalo's huge, though. Yeah, Buffalo's a, a giant city. Um, so, <laughs> this is unlikely. Um, so, there's a bit of, like, drama here where 
um, I guess, like, Mary's like, why are there bad things being said about me? And Lucy's like, why aren't you telling your mom about me? Uh, this obviously all gets resolved by the end, uh, where I think Ben and Mary, Ben ends up introducing, uh, Mary to his mother through the phone, and they have a nice chat about her date, her future date. And Lucy and Kevin resolve their differences because Lucy learns that the only reason Kevin hasn't said anything about Lucy to his mother is because of Mary. So it's okay if Mary's, like, in the wrong year. It's nothing to do with Lucy. Um, So happy ending for them all. They are in love. Everybody's happy. Woo! Um, I don't really have... There was no other, like... No, you, that storyline you were mostly just irritated by the fact that they kept saying Patty Mary. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Patty Mary, we can start talking about Simon now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when Patty Mary finally gets to the... Patty Mary shows up to the Camden house yeah. for some reason. Um, she needs to use the restroom. Mary and Lucy send her upstairs where she runs into Simon. And um, they introduce each other because they like they already spoke on the phone. So Simon's like, oh, you're Patty Mary. Uh, and Patty Mary is like, oh, you must be Simon. And she's like, how old are you? Uh, and he said 16. And then she, he was like, how old are you? And she says too old. So we get the idea that Patty Mary had some idea brewing before she found out how old Simon was, that she was going to take him out for a spin. But that doesn't Uh, really stop her because she ends up giving him her number anyway. Um, so what we have right now is a three Kinkirks potentially dating three Camden situation. Thankfully, I think Three we Three future Camden Kinkirk, Kinkirk Camdens. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, fun fact about Patty Mary, uh, before we talk about any, uh, the rest of Simon's storyline. Uh, she was supposed to be played by Tara Lipinski. Uh, Tara Lipinski is a renowned figure skater, figure skater of U.S. descent. Um, I think she was, like, pretty huge in the late 90s, early 2000s. I think she was, like, recently on Dancing with the Stars or something. Oh. Maybe. Perhaps. I think so. Uh, but yeah, but Tara Lipinski does show up in the show later. I don't know when, but we'll let you know when she does. Um, Simon's main thing here is like back to his like being able to drive, and also uh, the fact that he is helping Annie build new beds for the twins because the twins have grown out of their cribs, um, which is all about the theme of growing up and letting go. Yeah. So the kind of crux of this theme of letting go or whatever the story centers on um matt and sarah's relationship and how it i don't know is affecting the camden family at this point so as we said like the first shot is of well the shot um in the cold open of of matt's empty bed like really pisses the rev off and he's just absolutely livid that now that matt has met sarah he's like not respecting the house rules or whatever, how the the traditions like that he was raised with. So anyway, relating to that is the fact that Ruthie is keeping the secret um, about the knowing about the marriage. Uh, so the Rev, before Matt gets home, he kind of like zeroes in on that and starts to question Ruthie about um, what she knows. And she keeps trying to come up with distractions. The Rev at first falls for it. As we said earlier, he goes to go see the Temptation Island scene on the living room floor. Um, Then he's trying to go out the door to a counseling session. And he keeps having these, like, moments of, uh, I don't know, clarity where he's like, Oh, I know, Ruthie, like, that was a a distraction. I need to go keep questioning Ruthie. And he keeps 
um, returning, cycling back, and she doesn't give anything up. Um, yeah, we have... Uh, Snooky ain't no snitch. Yeah, Snooky is not a snitch. Um, there's... Uh, do we mention the phone bill? Yeah, one of the Rev's great revelations is that he's like, oh, um, well, because in one of the kind of interrogation sessions with Ruthie, she admits that sometimes after he locks up the house, she sneaks down into the kitchen because it's quiet down there, and he somehow figures out that she likes to use the phone, so he's like, oh, I know how I'll figure out what she knows. I'll look on the phone bill to see what numbers she was calling, Um, but he can't find it. And that brings Robbie into our story. So Robbie, uh, as we know... Is still dating Joy. Yes. <laughs> even though we have not seen her in many episodes. Um, and he's made sure to bring bring up her name, because I think Brenda Hampton knows by now that we will forget about her oh, if I she's to- not sad. I totally forgot about her until he mentioned it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Robbie uh, is living with the Camdens, and he pays rent, and he also pays like his portion of the groceries, and he also pays his portion of the phone bill, in that he looks at the phone bill, goes through... Remember if the phone bill used to be like you could look at each and every single number? You can still do that with cell phone. No, like but you have bills. to like specific, specifically like opt into that. No, you don't. I I feel like... Oh, my cell phone bill comes with, like, all of the phone calls that have been made from, like, each number. Oh, okay, because that's how it used to be, but, like, I feel like now it's just, like, consolidated. And if you want to see every single number, you can ask for, the, ask for that. Right, because it's not like people have minutes anymore, yeah. so it's not like, oh, they're trying to cheat me out of my minutes. minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Um, sorry. <laughs> and, uh... He looks through it, sees how many phone calls he's made, and, like, adds it up, and that's what he, like, gives in. But then he throws out the phone bill, um, and that's what actually saves uh, Ruthie in the end. So he goes to Ruthie and me, like, I know you're protecting someone, just tell me what's going on. And she doesn't really budge. But he does give her a nice, like, uh, conversation about how every- everybody in the family has lives outside of the family. So this, like, harpers back to why Ruthie was snitching on Mary and Lucy earlier. Apparently, she was upset with Mary about not telling her about the airline job, and she was upset with Lucy about not waking her up when Ben and Kevin came over. So she took that out by revealing their secrets, and Robbie's like, you're grown up up enough now to know that you can't do that, that Mary and Lucy and everybody else have have lives outside of you and this family, but that doesn't mean they love you less, Snooky. Um... (laughs) So Ruthie's like, yeah, you're right. I have to let go of the fact that some things are, you know, not not everything revolves around me. And so meanwhile, while this is all going on, we learn that Matt has been staying out, like he stays out like a few nights in a row. And we learn that it's because Sarah's parents have gone away and she's just like not comfortable being in her house alone. So she wants someone to keep her company. Um, but also that's just totally a front for the fact that they can't stop having sex now that they've started. Um, Aaron pointed out to me while we were watching that we have a new set. We didn't really get to explore it that much. It was just like a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the only time we really, well, we see Matt and Sarah together twice. Um, first we see them at this coffee shop when Ruthie calls Sarah's cell phone to ask Matt to stay at the Camden house that evening because Ruthie, like, Ruthie thinks that the family is on to her. And she was like, I just need him to spend, like, one night at the house um, so that, like, the family will stop interrogating me. Um, so that conversation ends because Robbie barges in and then they have the conversation about um, the whole, like, fam- the family having other lives. So Ruthie hangs up on that call. And then we see Matt and Sarah together at the end at the Camden house because 
I guess we can presume that Sarah is staying over at the Camden's house that night. Um, and Matt and Sarah are going through like family photo albums. Um, and they're like, oh, isn't Matt so, baby Matt so precious? Apparently Robbie does not think so. Yeah. Um, and I think we see the, well, we'll get back to this, the end, this last scene, because it has to do with letting go. Right. Uh, but I think that's it basically for Ruthie here. Uh, she's kind of just stuck in the middle, right? She knows something she shouldn't know, and I don't, I don't really, really, really don't like the fact that they're trying to freaking, they've spent, what, one, two, three, four episodes on this now, the secret. Like, why is this taking so long? Just, just like, reveal it already. I guess it's because it's the end of the season and they're going to do that for the finale. But. It's also just, like, not... I I don't know. The whole build... Like, why does everyone immediately suspect this? This this is still not explained. Oh, he stays out all night. He must be already married. That's, like, the Rev's reasoning for why he's like, Oh, why aren't you okay with Mary, Lucy, Ben, and Kevin sleeping together? But you're you're somehow okay with Matt and Sarah sleeping together. And it's like, maybe she just likes them better. Maybe she <laughs> she's just trying to, I don't know, end everything with the Kinkirks before it starts. She, <laughs> she sees that nothing good can come of it. So we'll get to what the Rev storyline is. Obviously, part of it is, like, as we've discussed, him, like, chasing around Ruthie and, like, the phone bill and being kind of, like paranoid and figuring try to figure out like what matt's big matt's big secret is the other bit is this conversation he has with annie where he's as we said he's convinced that matt is married and annie's like you gotta let it go dude and then again he's like why aren't you mad about mary and uh like not telling us about her being a flight attendant and annie's like i'm just happy she has a job and she made a choice like let that go too dude and right like it seems like they weren't going to be happy with mary no matter what she did like when she was going to be a firefighter they're like you can't do that i get that these are like inherently dangerous careers but that they never articulate that as like oh we're just afraid for you they're just like we're unhappy with you they never say why it's just like let her live her life i would like to talk about this conversation for a hot second mostly because this is like this show is very averse to using the words for things that they are, but we actually talk about premarital, premarital sex in this scene where he's, he, the ref thinks that, um, Matt and Sarah are having premarital sex and, and he's like, no, I don't think that's the case. Like, don't you trust our son? And for some reason, the rev is like, if I knew that Matt was married, it would restore my fate and my trust in my son. And also I wouldn't have to worry about the fact that the wedding's not going to be my church, which is the crux of the issue. Um, cause he's like upset about the fact that the wedding's going to be done by the rabbi instead of him, which I just want to point out Annie in, I think not the last episode, but the episode before that said like, she was upset about the wedding not being in the church, but now Annie's the one that's the voice of reason. So continuity seventh heaven, come on. <laughs> um, so we mentioned also that there is a family cat, like a separate thing happening outside of the house, which is the fact that. The Rev has, you know, his normal duty of family counseling. So so as I said, he's like late because he keeps almost getting out the door and then having these like revelations about what is going on with Ruthie or Matt or like he just runs back in the house. So he finally and we we get a little like glimpse of what's going on because um, Annie is like, oh, their child is a runaway, um, like, they need your... Because the Rev says, like, oh, can we reschedule for next week? And then he's like, oh, your your son is a runaway? Okay, like, we'll meet 
now. So, haha, jokes on all of us because this couple that he's helping is an older couple and we don't really realize what's going on until um they start complaining about how their son they've like lost control of their son um he wants to move out he's like tr- wants to marry an older like a woman with a child and Jezebel is what they call Je- her and um the rev is like okay like how old is your son and they're like oh he's going to be 46 in like a few months so the rev just to clarify is like so your son is 45 years old. Um, so, of course, this isn't really a problem. This is just a freaky family. Um, yeah, the parents are just overprotective, kind of, like, way too involved in their son's life. And uh, their son is Jeremiah. And uh, we have, like, a short family counseling session, which is really only there to further the Rev's character growth. Because the Rev's like, oh, I don't want to be like these parents. Anyway, Jeremiah... Jeremiah reveals a whole bunch in front of his future fiance that I would never, ever, ever want to admit in front of, oh no, it's his fiance, that I would never want to admit in front of a fiance because he's like, and even my mommy used to, like, she would, until he was like 45 years old, he's like, I would come home from work and my parents would make me dinner and my mother would make my bed and my father helped me with my investments and planning for retirement. And even on steak night, my mother would cut my steak and like, like it and just his fiance's was daughter weird. was laughing at him the entire time, which is the appropriate response. Which also his fiance is Kathleen, and her daughter's name is Katie. Although we learned that she adopted her, so she didn't because that's a little bit, uh, little Gilmore Girls like yeah. naming your daughter after you. Oh, you're such a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No offense to Gilmore Girls. Um, so, yeah, this is, like, kind of a throwaway, but again, as I said, it's mostly there to make the Rev kind of, like, self-reflect and be like, oh, what am I doing? I can't be, like, these freaky parents. Oh, by the way, those parents are were married in real life, or are married in real life. They were a real-life they couple. They may have passed, yeah. or one of them may have passed. Um, um, what The name of the woman was Mitzi. Mitzi McCall, and I think the, fa- the, the father is something Brill, Sean Brill. Uh, anyway, um, so the Rev, like, sees this, comes home, and he's like, I can't be like this anymore. And this is when we have a bunch of scenes where he, like, is telling Simon, we can go driving again, and you can, like, I'll, I'll respect the fact that you want to learn how to drive. We have a scene with him and Mary, and the King Kirks and the, girl, the Camden girls, where we learn that the King Kirks are Catholic, and the Rev doesn't, like, freak out about that. And then we have the final scene that Aaron was talking about between the Rev and um, Sarah and Matt, where they invite him to, they, they say, oh, we're about to look at your wedding photos. Do you want to come and take like a trip down memory lane with us? And the Rev very coyly, sa- <laughs> coyly says, um, I'm going to go make, I'd rather like go make some new memories, which Matt says is reverend talk for like having sex, which... <laughs> Is insane. I know, it, that is insane. <laughs> Gonna go make some new memories. Which makes it seem like they want more kids. Like, they're having sex to have more kids. Like Yeah. I mean, or are you memorizing, are they, or are they like, gonna tape sex? themselves? I don't understand. There's so many possibilities. Anyway. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. He remembers every single time he's ever had sex with his wife. I mean, they seem to do it all the time. So how, I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he does. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not quite like, what a euphemism. Anyway, uh, so the Rev starts to walk away and he comes back and he says like, you know what, Sarah, I don't think I've told you this, but 
I really want you to know that I'm so happy um, that my son is in as is in what I can't speak as as in love with you as I am with my wife, and I hope that like you love each other that way forever. Um, so the Rev is letting go. So he's finally. Well, we're led to believe he's finally at peace with Matt's decision to marry Sarah. And also that even, like, he's not going to go digging about this stuff. He, like, lets everything go as, oh, I just realized the Frozen reference. Uh, <laughs> not going to not go there. Um, what would you rate this episode? Uh, four. Um, Solid four. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this a uh, 4.5. Um, it would have been higher if it weren't for... Patty Mary. Yeah, um, I have like a really, really distinct like recollection of this episode. Like I remember <laughs> everything that happened in it from previous viewings. Um, I do not, obviously. So we, I don't, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but we've surpassed a hundred posts on our Instagram, and uh, we'll have many more. So if you'd like to check those out, uh, our Twitter and our Instagram handles are the same, and it's at Candy Cast Show. We are always posting some quality screenshots onto our Facebook. That's facebook.com slash CamdenCast. And we are available for your listening of pleasure on the iTunes Apple Podcast app uh, on soundcloud.com slash CamdenCast. And also, if you search CamdenCast through the Stitcher website. It's not an app website. Uh, yeah, I mean, website. it might be an app, too. If, let through us know. Does Stitcher, Stitcher have an app? Um, and obviously through Gmail, CamdenCast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast. Cast.